Hi, everybody. Welcome to the last episode of season one of Unbreakable. I'm Elle, and today our topic is going to be about pets. So basically, we're going to talk about how it is beneficial to have pets in your house and a part of your life. So, Kay, do you want to start off with something first? What are some ways for you? Sure, why not? For me, being chronically ill, when I was first diagnosed with lupus, I had my very first dog, actually, who oh. is, yeah, who is uh, part King Charles Cavalier Spaniel and Cocker Spaniel, and they call them a Cochalier. They're like a new hybrid. <laughs> but he was a rescue. I didn't go, you know, buy in from the pet store. In any case, uh, we brought him home, and I did become sick. It was like intuitive for him to know that something was wrong when I became more bed bound for a while because I still didn't know what was wrong with me and needed a lot of rest from all the high inflammation and, and stuff that was going on. He would just, you know, come in and cuddle with me and oh. just, yeah, and just give me comfort and be my companion. When I was home alone, he would just be there uh, right up next to me. It was so cute, <laughs> I have to say, and it made uh, all of it so much better because I feel like animals have, well, they do have an intuition. Oh, they definitely do. I think more than like we do as human beings because they rely on it more than we do. And they are comforters by nature, I do believe, because they have, you know, a variety of functions like they know they have to fulfill their basic needs. And then I believe that their higher purpose is to care for others and to be cared for. And it's completely unconditional, mm -hmm. which is absolutely amazing. It so, really is. Mm -hmm. So anytime I was just feeling low, feeling sick, laid up in bed, um, he was just my constant cu cuddle buddy. He was just ready to be there and would stay with me as long as I wanted. And of course, that's going to stay with me forever. Uh, what about you? Did you have a similar experience at all? I, yes. Um, I, <laughs> I have some now, but I, I'm going to go back to the previous one for a second. Mm -hmm. um, her name was Daisy, and she was a pug. I always wanted one. And I had her from as soon as she was weaned, so it was like six or eight weeks. So all she ever knew was me, and so we had this bond that was just amazing, mm -hmm. um, to the point where any, you know, whenever I was sad, whenever I was in pain, um, even if it was, you know, like a monthly kind of thing, she'd just be like, I know you don't feel good, Mama, let's just curl up in bed, and I'll, I'll sit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Animals just, they, they just crave, they love you so much and so unconditionally. It's like they're just constantly paying attention to you because they want to help. Yeah, I think it like gives them a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I hate to sound like egotistical as a human being, but I do, <laughs> I do believe that. Um, and I feel like we should be that way as human beings. I agree. But I feel like they do feel like a big purpose in their lives is to comfort others, mm -hmm. especially dogs. Like dogs are wonderful for that. Absolutely. I will say, though, um, growing up, I had a cat named Frisky mm -hmm. and she was more like 
she became more like my mom's cat because my mother was a nurse from home. And so she would take care of people, end of care, you know, things like that. And Frisky would know when every patient was gonna was getting sick. She <laughs> would know. And um or you know, if they were getting close to the end of their time, she would not leave their side. It's amazing you bring that up because I've heard that about cancer patients with cats especially where they will sense that the person they're with is sick and they will start clinging to them. And a lot of people who have had cancer have actually said that their cats were the first kind of tip off that something was wrong. I know that when I was pregnant, I had a cat who would <laughs> like sit on my stomach all the time and sort of watch over me as I was pregnant through the whole pregnancy. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, for some reason, like dogs and cats have different instincts, but they definitely know when something's not right. Mm -hmm. It just is amazing. It is amazing. And the more they're bonded to you and the more they care about you, the mm -hmm. more they know you, it, it's just beyond words, the dedication and, and, and love and uh, sincerity, you know. Exactly. You, you know, because I think that they learn your schedule. Like, my cats and dogs have rigid schedules. Like, they'll tell me if I'm late doing anything. For some reason, <laughs> every time, like, I've had many pets, they always seem to, like, be able to tell time because they know when it's a certain time. Same and when. So I feel like they know if you're off and your scheduling is off. And for some reason, they're not annoyed by it because they, they can just sense that something is altogether wrong. Right. The only time that they get annoyed is when there's no, they know there's absolutely nothing wrong and there's absolutely no reason exactly. whatsoever. Right. <laughs> and I know that you've heard my cat. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Every night at 10 o'clock screaming for a snack. <laughs> so you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> you know, the three cats that I have here. You know, um, they're feeding. To, I do um, evenings. My roommate does morning. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm up earlier than my roommate, you better freaking feed them because they're not going to Exactly. Yep. And, you know, you at 8 o'clock, between 8 and 8.30, well, they're lining up at night at 7.45. Yeah, no, just go chill. So <laughs> they do know, and I'm not yeah. sure how they know, but they do. It's and I, I don't. I don't think people give uh, pets enough credit. They really don't. They say they're lesser intelligent, and what, but I don't believe that at all. Mm -mm. Um, I, I feel like they have, you know, in human terms, they can know up to so many words and commands and whatever. But I think in intuition, they surpass us. Oh, yeah. So many ways, like, because that is their language. And that is how they function. So absolutely. Um, when I had um, my last seizure last year, you know, when I got up and every Connor could tell, he just kept looking at me like, "Mama, you're not okay. Mama, you're not okay. What's wrong, Mama?" You know. Mm -hmm. They, they, they know. They always know. Which is why therapy animals are so great to have because they're amazing. I mean, yeah, you can use them for uh, people who have seizure disorders. Diabetics are using that for mm -hmm. blood sugar drops. Uh, People with anxiety, sometimes even it helps that as well. That, 
you know, if they spend too much time alone, at least they have in and That's true. And that's another good point to bring up because people with chronic illness and mental illness both tend to spend a lot of time confined to their own homes. They do, yeah. So, yeah. So sometimes it's like the friend that you have. It's like, you know, your friend, your family. Yeah. Yeah. The one who the one who gets you the most, the one who gives you comfort. And I so I mean I do encourage people who are in that position, unless you don't think that you could care for a pet because they do depend on you a lot. Right. They give you back so much. So you I know really do. it's worth it. It really is. Their perception is amazing. So I'm gonna get a little bit dark for a second. Go for it. Sorry, it's our season finale. Got to get dark, though. <laughs> so We keep it consistent, if nothing else. Just <laughs> it's not us if we're not a bit dark. <laughs> um, so I had this amazing cat named Zen and loved him with every fiber of my being. He was a rescue who never had a decent life, lived with family that didn't want him declawed him threw him on the street and it was yeah it was amazing he survived when he came to my house uh he was so grateful he was so sweet and grumpy at the same time <laughs> <laughs> um but he was so attentive and just a part of my everyday routine in such a way that I could not imagine life without him. Oh. And then he got lymphoma and died really quickly. And it was like a year so since I had had him. So he had oh, a really short, I know. So he had a really short time of having a decent life and I was devastated. Um but here's the thing. I volunteer for a rescue uh, for an animal shelter and which is where we got him. And I went back to the animal shelter a couple of weeks later because it was Halloween and we were handing out treats to all the cats in the cat room. Mm. And this beautiful little cat was sitting in a cage and I almost didn't even like acknowledge her because it was like the beautiful cats always get adopted. Mm -hmm. So my eye is always towards like the black cats who don't get adopted as much. Right. Hint, everybody adopt the black cats. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, so I almost overlooked her. But when I went over to her, Zen used to come up to me and tilt his, his head and put his paw gently on my arm. He would do that all the time. So I went up to her and she just tilted her head and gently put her paw on my arm. Oh. All it took. I brought her home. I was still grieving, of course, because it had only been a couple weeks since Zen had passed away. And every night that I was laying there crying, she would come over and she would lay next to me and she would put her little paw on my arm or on my cheek or whatever. And she would stay with me until I stopped crying. And then she would go do what she wanted to do. So this is how perceptive cats and dogs are. I mean... It's just, it still amazes me that she did that. Mm -hmm. Now knowing her, because she's such a queen. and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now that it's years later and she's just owning the house. Um, <laughs> it's just amazing to me that she had that soft personality and knew what I needed and did that for me. 
And um, so nobody can convince me that animals are not really intuitive and smart. Yeah. Maggie, my cat Maggie picked me, so um, my dog picked me as well. It's just yep. how it works. It's just how it works. I mean, they know what they're looking for. It's um, true. I mean, yes, I do volunteer for an animal shelter, so I'm kind mm-hmm. of opening myself up for it. And I am a cat specialist, so we have five cats in our house <laughs> um, <laughs> um, currently. Um, but two of them were Siamese cats that we had adopted elsewhere um, from families that didn't want them. So they were going to end up at the shelter if we didn't go. After that, though, they were all every every cat we've ever adopted is from the shelter. And I will never I will never go anywhere but the shelter. Because I know what they go through while they're there. And I'm sorry, breeders. I'm sorry. But please, if you're thinking about getting a pet, please go to the animal shelters. They need you so much. And there's a difference between pets that you get elsewhere and the pets that you get from the shelter. They are so much more compassionate, they are so much more appreciative. It's like it's like they know and they don't forget. Mm-hmm. So um, please consider that. I know that's not what we were talking about, but I had to put that in there. No, I am glad you did. It's very good, very true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I got my pug because I always wanted one. That's the only time I've ever not gotten a pet from a you know a rescue or just off the streets. Like, hey, you want to come home with me? <laughs> Right. So, um, but I do agree. You know, people are always looking for the designer dogs or the designer cats and there's all these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful animals that can give you amazing love and kindness and support. You're just looking in the wrong place, you know? Exactly. And maybe I will show some pictures this week on our pages. We can show show some pictures of our babies. Right. To show people just how beautiful they are because I have some of the most beautiful. Yes, she does. And they did not come from breeders and they are all amazing in their own ways. So uh, I would be happy to show them off this week. Yes, yes, you would. Yeah, I would. (laughs) (laughs) And put a little plug in for, you know, the shelters. but. I did. I do have to mention, though, that a loss of a pet. We're talking about, you know, getting a pet. Getting a pet is so great. Right. For you. Uh, a loss of a pet, if you're chronically ill, will definitely, or if you're you deal with depression, especially, will put you in a place that is really scary. It did for me. Uh, I cried every day for almost a year. Um. For me, it's like losing a child. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. I was devastated. If I were to talk about him more than a few minutes, it would come right back up. And it's been, you know, quite a few years. But I, I do want people to understand, you know, as much as pets give to you, we don't have them long enough. And that's the sad part. So uh, they're worth the lifelong commitment. The most a cat's going to give you, if you're lucky, is 20 years. 
most dogs are less than that. So, you know, you kind of have to keep that in the back of your mind. They deserve a lifelong family, but you also have to consider, are you going to be able to handle the loss? That's true too. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's been on my mind too, because my pets are getting older and it's not a pleasant thought. I've been through it before. You know, you, like I said, you feel like you've lost a child. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because everybody's kind of different. Some people, when they lose a pet, they, they like right away go to a shelter and buy another one. And right. then there's others where they, you know, they just want to grieve and, you know, remember and mourn what they lost. Mm-hmm. And it may take years before they even think about it. Some of them, you know, I know some people who... Some people never do. Can't, yeah, exactly. They just yeah. can't handle the idea of losing again because it was just so hard. I mean, had I not been a volunteer shelter... Uh, volunteer sh- <laughs> Volunteer at the shelter. We knew what you meant to. <laughs> I don't think I would have brought home another cat that soon because... The only way it convinced me was how she approached me. So, yeah, that was amazing. I can completely understand how that would be hard for people. It's almost like then, then her to you. That's exactly what I believed and still do. So, yeah, that's so sweet. I mean, for some people, too, it's like they depend on their animals and correct me if I'm wrong in your situation, this would probably be even more beneficial where you have a dog and even some cats who will alert you mm-hmm. and hear somebody or let you know that things are not unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine that that would be really important as well. And to lose that would be really hard. Yes, it would be. And it will be mm-hmm. um, just, I mean, Connor's not trained to be a therapy dog by any means, but he has adapted. It, mm-hmm. It's truly amazing. I mean, the only time he doesn't know what to do is when he has to wear his cone for it. And he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. But otherwise, he's great. It's, it, it will never cease to amaze me how quickly they pick up without you even saying a word. They That's just true. adapt and pick it up. They do. And I feel like we could talk about this for... Probably a long time. (laughs) (laughs) For days, and it would not do any of them justice. We'll do pet part two later. (laughs) We have to, because, no, but really, like, if you're feeling alone, if you are feeling uh, like your anxiety is high, or you're spending more time at home because you have to, because you're ill, Mm -hmm. really, really honestly, consider going to the Humane Society or another rescue, whichever rescue you want to, mm-hmm. they need you as much as you need them. I promise you. They will come out and be so grateful. They really would. A lot of people do not give the animals enough time because they come out and they're like scared for more than a week or whatever. I personally haven't had that problem because I seclude them to a room first. But, you know, some people want them to come home and just be like, Hey, I've always lived here. If you look at it like a child who's been adopted from a foster care situation, you'll have more success because it does take them a while. It really does. It does. Like any uh, of us. Zen, yeah. Zen, who was 
the one that broke my heart the, the most, who I loved the most. Um, it took him like a, a month before he felt really comfortable in the entire house. So it's worth giving them some time to adjust. And they just want to know that they're safe, just like you want to know you're mm-hmm. safe. So it's a really wonderful exchange. It really is. And for those of us who've been through abusive relationships or horrible whatever, you know, you can relate to that feeling. It takes you a while to feel, okay, I am safe. Wait, no, I truly am okay. And it, it is, it's just beautiful to see them develop and, and this love just pour out of them. Mm-hmm. And when they get to that point where you can tell they actually have forgotten their past because they're a little spoiled. Yeah, a little spoiled. Look who's talking. Anyway. <laughs> to me, that is like the payoff. I love that part because yeah. then I know I've surpassed their past. Yeah. You Very know, true. and that, it makes me feel great. So, yeah. But that's me. That's just me. No, it's great. It is. You're right. So, since we're talking about this before we wrap this up a little bit, I just want to just throw out there, um, you know, therapy pets, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that's right up my alley that I would like to pursue at some point. Um, I just wanted to say it's a great thing if you want to do it and you can do it, do it. But just please be careful because there are a lot fake, you know, scams and, and fake you mm-hmm. know, things. Pay $75 every six months or a year and, you know, you're covered and all of this different stuff, but you've got to make sure they're a real company because otherwise you're going to get ripped off and left with nothing. Um, and the same thing with, you know, why you should adopt animals from shelters. You're not going to fall for scams. They're right there. Mm-hmm. They're right in front of you. You know, no one's going to lie to you, you know, that kind of stuff. You're, you're, you're helping yourself and you're helping some, another, another human, another, sorry, another, another living being. There we go. <laughs> And I do want to mention, too, that a lot of new programs are having, especially with the dogs, go into prisons. Yes. And they're being trained as therapy animals. And then they come out and they go through the rigorous testing before they're approved. So there is a really good chance that you could actually go into a place like the Humane Society and rescue a real therapy dog. So yeah. that's another option for people. That would be awesome. And for 50 bucks, you can't go wrong, you know? Right, exactly. Just make sure it's legit. That's my only thing. Right. Be careful. Exactly. Yeah. So what is the question of the week? Mm. Well, they want to know, what was the hardest episode you did in season one? Okay, so I'll let you start because it might be easier for you to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to think for a second. Well, screw you. I'll start then. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm just going to say thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so that is a really good question because we did tackle a lot of not easy topics. Um, very personal, close to home. So <laughs> for me... Right. Um... I, I guess it's a tie between two because it would be the, um, as much as I enjoyed doing it, but the um, DPTSD and um, this most recent one with the bullying, I think was, I'm not sure yet which one was the most, but somewhere around there for me personally. Yeah. 
Yeah, those were tough ones. Uh, I think for me, definitely the bullying a bit, only because there was a lot I could relate to in what you said. And then, of course, letting people know how it felt. I just remember, I could remember like vividly the feelings. You can picture it, you can smell it, you can see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be that person who just got sick and lost who she was completely. uh, It was horrible. Um, And also, I think trauma and chronic illness, because it made me realize like the the combination and how they affect each other and how I might not have lupus had I not had all that childhood trauma. Right. So that was an interesting and difficult subject for me as well. Uh, we have dealt with quite a few. <laughs> I'm sure his cables probably agree with me. You know, it was definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, it, you know, helping one person, helping a handful of people, totally worth it. Absolutely. Yep. And and it like just one. That's all Mm -hmm. it matters. It's just Mm -hmm. one. Absolutely. So with that thought in mind, the final thought was how much of a privilege it's been for both of us to have done season one. Yes. I feel like we've grown so much as people. We've loved how much we have enjoyed sharing our experiences. And most of all, how much it's inspired some of you to share yours with us. We love feedback and Having had some feedback saying how much we've grown has really encouraged us. And we really do feel like we're becoming a strong new family at Unbreakable. So we welcome even more of you to anyway, join thank us. Thank you and so much. Really, we really are all in we this really together. Are. We don't just say it, you know, you know, you're not alone just because it sounds good. But it really is. We are all together in this. Stay safe out there. And remember... And remember, you're not alone. Bye, Bye, guys. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Unbreakable. If you'd like to connect with us, we've made it easier. We are now a part of Anchor, so you can find us at anchor.fm slash unbreakable. There you can find different ways that you can listen. And you can also find links to our social media pages. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So there's lots of ways that you can connect with us, ask us your questions that we might use on our podcast, and just say hi. Ellen and I would both love to hear from you. Take care.